right. Yay. It's day one of masterclass. I want to ask you, what would it mean for you to feel energized at home and in your practice to not be spending your time feeling like you're putting out fires or that you're less than or scrambling to be everything to everybody, right? What would it mean to know you're a confident business owner that has a values-based business that's making deep change in your community, to have clarity and confidence about what needs to happen over the next year and feel energized and focused about when you sit down to work? In fact, what would it mean to you if that confidence and clarity led you to taking action in your business through marketing, ethically and responsibly so you can continue to serve the people who need you most. Ultimately, that's why you went to school and dove deep into your passion for helping people, right? Who here went into your profession because you really, truly, deeply care about helping people make a lasting change in their lives? Type in the chat. Let's see. Yes. Look at all these beautiful people. Oh my Wow, we've got countries repping here and all the states, we're seeing them all. We're so incredibly honored that you're here with your time and attention in this four-part masterclass. We're going to teach you your first step in creating an ethical and effective business and marketing plan today, and it's probably not what you expect. We know you're here because you want direction, change, and clear step-by-step -step actions you can take right now without adding more overwhelm to your life. Whether you're about to start a practice or growing your practice are already successful or in a group practice, you're here because you wanna have a business where you not only get the phone ringing and emails popping in, but you also see clients get great outcomes while you continue to make an income that sustains a good life for you. Yes, yes. In this masterclass, we're going to break down what you need into three steps and each step will be applicable to you. Plus the solutions we talk about in this series aren't just to get you doing busy work. They'll help you cut the amount of time you're working on your business instead of in it. So you can use your time living and enjoying your life. For those of you who don't know, I'm Kelly Higdon. And I'm Miranda Palmer. And we're two therapists who built private practices during the last Great Recession. And together, we've been helping therapists across the world to build practices they love, getting real transformation results since 2010. This is the first of that four trainings. And we're going to teach you how to create that plan for your private practice that gets the people who need you and picking up the phone to call you and it decreases the stress from having people who can't serve, you can't serve well calling you. We love to see all of you here caring about people and we're here to help you create a sustainable private practice that can weather any storm literally and figuratively to make sure we don't have a laggy connection. And so we can focus on all the things we do for you. We're going to go dark on our camera while we dig into some of the best material we've ever presented for free. We'll be back on camera for the Q&A at the end of the session. We've helped therapists create solid businesses that make it through hurricanes, illness, the recession, and other catastrophes. Because now more than ever, when our communities are struggling, they need mental health care. This is the time when they need support in managing the stress around them. They need your expertise. So many of you have reached out about fears and uncertainty about what the future holds, asking if your practice can even expect to continue through the chaos of the last few years and the burnout that comes with it. What does this all mean for your fee? How do you continue to help people who need you without overextending yourself? How do we say no when we have too many clients calling? Having worked with so many therapists during this time, we have a lot of insight into what has and hasn't changed in private practice. When things settle down, we want you to come out of this as a stronger, more visible business than before. So the lessons you learn here will be long lasting. You're here to create a sustainable business that you can be present for, for the needs of your community during this time and beyond. We want that for you. And so do your current and future clients. And we suspect that's why you're here too. Are you ready to be a light of hope to your communities? in a place of refuge and service and healing, let us know in the chat box. We're inspired and energized by each of you. 
We do these trainings live because we've seen over and over again, the power of bringing people together in community to jumpstart growth. Okay. A few quick notes in of housekeeping. We'll be doing giveaways for the homework towards the end of today's training. And we want to record, reward and encourage you to, for participating and taking action. So please rename yourself on Zoom so it matches your name in Mighty Networks where you did your pre-work and homework. And that'll make it easy for us to find our winner and confirm they're here live for the giveaway for the Amazon gift card. We'll be doing these giveaways daily. Be sure to submit your homework to get into the drawing. I just had this moment of, of panic. I'm going to be real with you guys that I have the wrong. Why? <laughs> oh no, I do have the right slide open. Like something about Where that. Did I, think, it go? I don't know. Something is missing. <laughs> We're missing a slide. So it made me a little nervous that I had the wrong thing open. Okay, here we go. You've faced a lot of uncertainty over these last few years, and there's a lot of overwhelm and worries. It's hard to avoid. You feel it from your clients and your friends and your families who here has felt like a lot of weight, who's feeling all the things right now. And when those feelings come up, our gut gets confused, our vision gets clouded, and we can lose sight of where we're headed, especially when there are unknowns. So let's talk about that first thing we want you to do today. At some point in the distant or not so distant past, you decided you wanted to help people. You wanted to take people on a journey of change and growth and transformation. Take a moment and close your eyes right now if it's safe to do so. And take a deep breath. And another one. And think about the moment you knew you wanted to do this work. Maybe there were a few moments in your life where you knew you were supposed to do the work. Bring up that moment, the moment you can feel deep down throughout your body. Where were you? Who were you with? What were you wearing? What visuals stand out to you? What words stand out to you? Bring that moment up in as much detail as you can. Breathe it in. Now notice what you feel when you think about that moment in history. How does your body feel right now? Your skin, your heart rate. What do you notice about your breath? Let that feeling seep into your body. And take a moment and breathe it in and open your eyes when you're ready. Now more than ever, that spot in your body, that deep knowing, it needs to be held. Because when you drop into the truth of who you are, that's where we feel energized to take action and move through to create our dream practices. Maybe you weren't like me telling people you wanted to be a psychologist at five years old, but at some point you knew you started to imagine what your life would look like, how you'd help people, your office, the kind of clients you'd see. I imagined that I'd be able to deeply help people and I'd be able to pick my kid up from school every day and be present. Something I didn't get growing up. I imagined that I'd be able to make a decent living and maybe even buy a hundred thousand dollar house someday. I started grad school and a job at a nonprofit doing counseling within a month of each other. And I knew I was on my path. Yes, I had to let go of my great paying job with benefits and seniority for cut and pay, but it would all be worth it. And then it started the trial by fire. That first six months, I remember coming home at the end of the day, just curled up in the fetal position on my bed, but I couldn't talk about it because it was confidential. I worked 32 hours a week at the nonprofit, went to school full-time, and I felt lucky to be getting paid $16 an hour as a supervisor of a program. I often scheduled 28 to 30 clients a week. My lunch breaks happened when people no-showed or canceled late. I counted on no-shows for food. And on days when the stars aligned and everyone showed up, I just didn't eat. 
Is it surprising that I started experiencing burnout before I ever graduated? Is it shocking I was going into debt while in graduate school, even living simply? Crazy caseloads, burnout supervisors, ethical binds, whistleblowing, suicidal clients, agency lockdowns, overworked colleagues, checked out clinical supervisors, crazy making paperwork, and convoluted board requirements. My experience before and after licensure while working for nonprofits, agencies, universities, and in county positions were that I was supposed to be overworked and burnout. That was the norm. Anyone else have an experience like mine? Is it any wonder that when we move into private practice and our own business, it feels normal to us if we're overworked, overwhelmed, burnout, and clinically unfulfilled? We're primed to have low expectations, and even those are not met. So then private practice is the magic answer, right? Oh, look at that baby face. That was my first headshot, y'all, from my website. You set your own schedule in private practice. You decide what clients you do and don't see. You make decisions, and you can finally have a boss that fully tends to your needs so you can feel supported, do your best work with clients. When I started my private practice, it was my last ditch effort to decide if this was something I even wanted to continue doing. I felt really unsatisfied in my county work. I was burnt out on reviewing charts, implementing unreasonable requirements, having to see whoever came through the door no matter what. Um, and my staff had to have ridiculous caseload sizes as well. It felt like bureaucracy always came first over people. And that's why that wasn't why I got into this field. So my answer, my solution was to try private practice in the middle of a recession, no less. And it was going to tell me if this was my calling, it was going to affirm my next step in my career. No pressure, right? Right. Does anybody else have pressure on their practices like this? How often do we demand these things from our businesses? Can you relate? And if so, if I was going to do this private practice thing, I was going to do it right. I really laugh at that now because what I teach is about how right is never an exact process applied across the board, but instead it's this dance between what's best for you, your life and your health, as well as your clients, even in your marketing. But back then I wanted to be sure to avoid all the mistakes in business that I could. After all, I had a lot riding on this decision to start a business is either this or go back to school and change careers completely. And that kind of pressure came from nowhere but me. I set the pace, the workload and the schedule. And don't get me wrong. I love my practice. I love my time with clients, but I didn't love that I was choosing to sacrifice my health and my mental well-being to get there, especially what I see a lot of you right now saying like that pressure to see people because the demand is so high. And I've talked to thousands of therapists and many were like me or are like me that they work hard and they tempt that burnout. And I just want to say, I get it. So it's been a personal mission of mine to heal the parts that are harsh and unreasonable and to become a leader with compassion. And it's why we're here to help you avoid a lot of overworking. We aren't interested in that. We aren't interested in just giving you more to do. You cannot afford to overwork and sustain your health and well-being during this challenging time. It's time to get down to what matters most and to simplify your business so it continues to sustain you and care for your clients. So you spend learning, hours learning how to get your practice full, whatever that means. All the blogs, podcasts, webinars give you more lists, more to-dos, and it never ends, right? You could spend hundreds of hours a week and still not remotely do all of the things that everyone seems to think are essential to having a successful business. And then if you finally hit your stride, figure out your marketing and get people in, you may realize there isn't enough time for food, breaks, bathroom, water, taking notes, marketing, bookkeeping, and all the things you need to run a business. Maybe you even realize that you don't have enough income to pay taxes, put aside money for retirement and all the rest of it. So even though you're already tapped, you start researching multiple streams of income and passive income, dreaming of courses and other ways to make magical numbers work, only to find that there's no magical passive way to bring an income with the time you don't have. The phone rings, you talk to the person, and some part of you says, this is not a good fit, but they need help. But you got to take that, right? And if they can't pay your full fee, you slide down because something is better than nothing and you want to help people. Stress keeps rising, self-care keeps declining, and you're slowly starting to resent the work 
feel more and more overwhelmed and exhausted. Then you throw in a global pandemic in the mix that catapults the world into economic uncertainty and makes it clear the pace you've had is totally unsustainable. And that sets you on a path to burnout. On top of that, the money issues you've always had become more prominent, making you consider whether you should even be charging for your services right now. Before all that happened in 2020, you were starting to resent your passion and calling already possibly, and that's not okay. You fast forward in your mind three, five, 10 years from now, and if everything keeps going this direction, you're gonna have chronic back pain, not recognize yourself in the mirror, become a husk of a human, or one of those burnt out angry therapists that makes you cringe on Facebook. You might be doing some marketing, but really you thought the majority of your time would be spent on your craft and the art of therapy in private practice. You wanted to make a difference in the world and do work that had a pace, a way of living that allowed ease in your life, the kind of ease that you try to teach your clients. But the truth is the more successful you get, the more calls, the more clients, the more work you have to do. Little did you know, you're going to be a bookkeeper, a medical biller, an assistant, a scheduler, a marketer, a financial planner, essentially juggling, managing the business while still trying to do therapy and your time is getting squeezed. And while your attention is pulled in a million different directions, you start to have those doubts. Is this worth it? Is this helpful? Am I really making a difference? Through our own practices, through consulting thousands of therapists, we know what works to be truly successful, happy, and as full as you want to be, whether you're solo, part-time, full-time, and in group practice. And guess what? The answer is not replicating what you see the people around you doing. Helpers and therapists are the worst paid master's degrees and at a huge risk for burnout. Odds are, if you just copy what someone else is doing, you're going to end up overworked, underpaid, and burnout. It doesn't take you doing all the things to make your life or your business better. Seeing more clients isn't the answer to making more money either. Today, we're going to talk about the one thing you can start this week that can be the difference between a busy to-do list of strategies and a cohesive plan that will change your profitability and your overall joy and satisfaction without working more. This will take you no additional time in your work if you're seeing clients, which I know is kind of hard to imagine. Maybe you might spend 30 minutes prepping yourself for the activity and sharing what happened if you want to enter our bonus Amazon gift card giveaway. But seriously, it will be minimal time, even if you go the extra mile. Okay, let's start here. Your business requires you to speak to who you help and how. Are you clear about the impact you make in therapy? We know there are a lot of you out there who are walking around feeling like an imposter, at least lacking confidence in your abilities. You do your sessions, you talk to people about your practice, but in the back of your mind, you're burning with that shame about all the things that aren't getting done. You may be doing your best in the therapy room, but there's a little voice that makes you wonder if you're a good enough therapist. You fight it though, tell yourself this is success, but deep, deep down, you aren't so sure. We know that good outcomes in the therapy room, whether that be virtual or in office, come from a therapist's ability to build a trusting relationship with the client. That attunement is necessary for change to happen, but how you attune is going to be different across the board. Your style and approach are uniquely yours. Your business reflects that attunement as well. But too often we don't know if we're enough when we don't know how we and when we don't know how we specifically impact our clients. We don't know how to speak to it in our business. We don't know how to align our business practices with our strengths. We then become a neutral carbon copy of general therapists. We don't build a practice that works for us and our clients. And it's time to stop minimizing our greatness. It's time to get really clear about the outcomes you facilitate in your work. We aren't saying, okay, that you're the only reason someone gets better. It's the relationship you have with your clients that's transformative. It takes both of you, but how you approach those relationships is something you do differently than any of your other colleagues. When you understand how you do the work, you can speak to that in your marketing message. You might be wondering why we're asking about your outcomes when you want to know the business and marketing plan you should implement, what your fee should be, and all the nuts and bolts of building a business. And while we teach all those things in our business school boot camp, 
outcomes are the first thing you need to understand in order to have an effective and ethical business plan that attracts the right clients for your practice. You and your clients and the clinical work are the foundation of everything. Let's repeat that. You, your clients, and your clinical work are the foundation of everything. Every decision you make in your business should support you, your clients, and your outcomes. In fact, every decision you do or do not make in your business impacts you, your clients, and your outcomes, whether you realize it or not. We've helped over 1,500 therapists align their practices block by block in Business School Bootcamp for Therapists. And our boot campers are constantly delighted when they realize that everything we ask them to do doesn't just help their bottom line, but it also enhances their clinical outcomes with clients. And that's what your business is about, right? Enhancing client outcomes. Do you agree? Are you guys hearing this? Are y'all hearing this, excuse me? Who here is committed to having an amazing private practice that gets consistently great outcomes and that confidently first people out when you don't? If you agree, type, I am committed to being an awesome therapist in the chat box. Me, 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 goals, awesome. <laughs> I love seeing it. I love it. Your private practice foundation is based on helping people change and develop. If your practice isn't doing that, no matter how great you are with your marketing, no matter how many clients, I love seeing the, the chat blow up, no matter how many clients you have calling you, no matter how much money you have in your bank account, you're not going to feel good in your soul about what you're doing because you got into this work to change lives, right? Scott Miller has some of the most thorough research out there about why some therapists consistently get exemplary outcomes compared to others. And it isn't years of experience, hours of training, age, gender, or certifications, as uncomfortable as that may be for some of us to hear. It boils down to therapists being focused on improving and doing it in a sustainable way. If anyone here is practicing feedback-informed treatment, um, share how it's impacted your practice and the clinical outcomes in the chat. We want to hear from you. Scott Miller says, Quote, super shrinks, our research shows, are exquisitely attuned to the vicissitudes of client engagement. Don't you just love the way they talk? And what amounts to a quantum difference between themselves and average therapists, they're much more likely to ask for and receive negative feedback about the quality of the work and their contribution to the alliance. We've now confirmed this finding in numerous independent samples of practitioners working in diverse settings with a wide range of presenting problems. The best clinicians, those falling in the top 25% of treatment outcomes, consistently achieve lower scores on standardized alliance measures at the outside of therapy, perhaps because they're more persistent or are more believable when ensuring clients that they want honest answers, enabling them to address potential problems in the working relationship. Medium therapists, by contrast, commonly receive negative feedback later in treatment at a time when clients have already disengaged and are at a heightened risk for dropping out, end quote. So based on decades of research about what makes some therapists great and get consistently better outcomes, he teaches the following. One, determine your baseline of effectiveness. Two, engage in deliberate practice. And three, getting that feedback that depends on as an informed by others working in tandem to create a cycle of excellence. Not to oversimplify, but just by really asking your clients how they're doing in therapy and how things are going and making it truly safe for them to respond honestly, your overall outcomes will improve, even if initially that feedback is negative. In fact, the journal of Brief Therapy found that, quote, providing therapists with real-time feedback improved outcomes nearly 65%. Who here would feel really great? about owning a private practice that got 65% better outcomes than the status quo. We've asked thousands of therapists what they excel at, who they do great work with, or even how they work, and have had thousands of therapists look at us blankly or heard long extended silences over the phone. If you struggle to define what you do, how you're different from other therapists, or where your magic is, you're not alone. But if you don't understand what you do well and how you work, how can you build a thriving practice? Marketing is the beginning of your informed consent. 
Your marketing message, which we'll get to in lesson two, provides the information to the client that they need to make a good decision. Informed consent isn't there for some legal jargon or a checkbox item to satisfy some board somewhere. It's there so you can prepare your clients and convey what you know, building that trust. I got invited to a breathwork class a few years ago. A few friends were growth-minded and they said it was amazing and to just go. I've been to meditation, guided imagery classes, Wim Hof breathing classes, yoga, all the things. I thought I knew what to expect. And then I was lying on a mat with 20 people surrounding me and people were wailing and crying and screaming. And I was just thinking like, what the heck? Why didn't someone give me a hands up? It wasn't that the class was bad. But for me, it was less beneficial because I wasn't prepared for the experience. I didn't really have informed consent. Or what about that time that Kelly went to a brain spotting therapist and he didn't warn her that there would be a talking parrot sitting in on her virtual sessions? Mm-hmm. Talking parrots. <laughs> <laughs> Your clients don't know anything about therapy with you. They may know what they've seen on television or what they've experienced from another therapist or what people tell them. There's a lot of variability in our field. A lot, like so much, right? We need to know how we get great outcomes so we can design a business and processes that support those outcomes and we can speak to them in our marketing message. We need to know what we need from our clients. We need to know what we need from our clients so we can prepare them to provide that. And our clients deserve to know what expectations are. Let's support clients who aren't aligned with what we offer to move on and call someone who is a good fit. So we aren't spending our time on endless consults that could have easily been avoided. Outcomes can tell you things like how frequently does your client need to come in to get great results? How long of a session is ideal for optimal outcomes? Is it more frequent, shorter sessions or longer sessions or intensive work? What kind of homework or out of therapy work needs to be done to get great results? How do your clients experience you and what interventions make the biggest impact? What's the average length of time for people to reach the transformation they desire? How do you best prepare clients for virtual sessions? And remember, asking for and integrating feedback into treatment has been shown to increase those outcomes by as much as 65%, which is a win-win-win. But what does this have to do with filling up your practice with private pay clients or getting the phone ringing or filling up the clinicians that work for you in a group practice or what to do with your over full practice, right? That may have a waiting list two miles long. It has everything to do with it. Marketing your practice during everything that's going on in this world and still creating a sustainable full practice that makes you happy requires you to attract the right clients who you and your employees can get great outcomes with and that you retain them, refer them out when they aren't getting great outcomes and attract clients you and your employees are happy to work with. It also requires you to attract the right employees to your group practice so you can serve your community easily. Ask yourself, if a client isn't getting great outcomes, how likely are they to refer to you? How likely are they to get a referral from that same, are you to get a referral from that same client psychiatrist, parent, or partner when they see that client of yours not getting great outcomes? If your clients aren't getting great outcomes, how energized will you be to market your practice? How do you speak to what to expect in your informed consent and in your marketing? How does it impact the client when they stop therapy before they make progress? What does this all do to mental health care stigma when we have clients? that are not getting great outcomes. How do you feel when someone drops out of treatment or before they make progress? Do you realize that if half the clients you say you attract stay one third of your normal treatment duration because they aren't a good fit, then you need to do more marketing and work harder to build your practice. You need that phone ringing way, way more. Do you realize if you take more time to onboard a new client than to retain and finish up therapy with someone, it's going to, it's just going to drain you. Do you realize that you save yourself so much time and energy and stress by bringing in the right clients, getting them great outcomes and making sure they complete treatment? Do you realize that it gets harder for clients to try therapy again after it doesn't work the first time? It can perpetuate the belief that therapy doesn't work. 
Imagine the energy spent by the client when things aren't working right. This doesn't mean you have to be perfect, y'all. No, this doesn't mean your <clears throat> this doesn't mean your ideal client won't require hard work from you and that you won't be doing deep work, but your wheelhouse for hard work is different from mine. And that's how it's supposed to be. I love working with spiritual crisis and divorce, and you may not like that at all. And that's okay. And for your current and future group practice owners out there, everything we said above also applies to attracting, hiring, training, and retaining the right clinicians that you can pay a sustainable wage to while you still make a profit. It also makes your employees much happier and more likely to stick around when they have the right match clients who get great outcomes and aren't carrying huge caseloads of random clients that pop in once or twice a month. Tomorrow, we're gonna to show you how to let your outcomes transform your marketing so your marketing can transform your outcomes. You're going to take your outcomes and turn those outcomes into a marketing message. Marketing is about instilling hope and getting the right people to call and be excited to schedule with you. Marketing is about meeting your clients where they're at and using their language and moving them through the stages of change. Marketing is even about screening out or repelling clients that are not a good fit for you. This is not a bad thing. This is of service to people so they don't waste their time. <laughs> this doesn't change in a pandemic, social, um, civil unrest, or fires and all the things happening in our world. These principles are absolutely evergreen. If you love doing cognitive behavioral therapy with lots of homework and activities, you don't want to get someone who wants that deep existential conversation that's never going to look at those handouts. And if you do psychoanalysis, you don't want to attract someone who expects to get handouts and wants to do brain spotting, right? Understanding your outcomes is one of the first steps to your business plan. And while we could talk about this in general terms, We'd rather challenge you awesome therapists that showed up for this masterclass to actually get out there and start having these powerful conversations. So tomorrow we're going to teach you how to delve in and transform all these conversations that we're going to do today into a marketing message that gets the right clients calling your practice. But how do you actually find words for describing your outcomes? Many of us were taught this process for tracking outcomes that involve surveys, Excel spreadsheets, or even paper with rulers. Does anybody else use the rulers? I totally did. While all of that can be great, let's get real about how simple and client-centered integrating outcomes in your practice can be. We're going to teach you a process that doesn't require you to survey people who've already graduated to format anything, print anything, mail, email. And it's going to be something that adds to your clinical work and that your clients will love. It will make complete sense right now in your work. And it's just going to be really straightforward. Who wants a simple, easy, impactful way to do outcomes work with clients that they can implement in their next session with clients? Say yes in the chat box. Remember to fill your practice with ideal clients and employees you love. It isn't about doing more. It's about leveraging what you already do that's great and that's working. We're going to share you how to have an outcomes conversation step-by-step -step with your clients. And after this webinar, we're going to give you a script to customize and implement what we're teaching today. And when you implement it and post in the community, you'll be entered in to win an Amazon gift card tomorrow. Who wants to be rewarded for doing things that improve their business and your clinical incomes, right? Like, yes, yes, yes. This feels like a good, uh, so they're going to have a link in there, um, for the, for the homework. And we also have our wonderful community spot, um, that we're going to be opening up daily to help people get connected in with the community to access this resource that you'll be using throughout the life of your practice, you're gonna go into our classroom via the link we've included in the welcome email and that we'll share in the chat as well. If you need a reminder, the subject line is reconnect with your purpose, masterclass details inside. From there, you'll sign in or create an account um, to be a part of our community. And you can click um, on the second link in the email to be redirected to the masterclass materials. You'll also find the course in the happy private practice community in the table of content section called mass marketing masterclass. Okay. So at the beginning of the next session with each of your clients, you're going to have an outcomes conversation. This isn't a check-in. How is therapy going two minute kind of talk? These are specific questions that allow you to better understand the outcomes you provide in therapy, as well as opportunities for growth and change in the therapeutic process with your clients. 
be sure to document what you talked about. It's one thing to listen, but it's another to write it down. And it's another to go back and review. This is how we hold on to the outcomes we provide. If we relied on our memory alone, I don't know about you, but my memory can skew a lot of things. Write down the specific words and phrases your clients use wherever possible. And after you have these conversations, you can go back into the notes and find patterns and themes. You can also schedule to follow up in two to three months to revisit the conversation again. As you ask these questions, we're going to be going through everything so you don't have to go in the classroom right now. So don't feel pressure. We're going to teach you first. (laughs) I want you to remember that this isn't an interview. It's a dialogue of shared experience. So please share your thoughts and concerns too with your clients. Imagine how much trust can be built when you're honest about your experience as well. This is an amazing time to share in the celebration of the progress your client has made and to dig into creating hope for the areas that still need attention. This conversation helps bring awareness to the progress that's been made that your client may not have even fully become aware of. It can also can it also can excuse me and should bring awareness to areas where you are feeling stuck that need attention and the stuff that hasn't been coming up. Dig and probe enough to make sure you're getting deeper and really showing your client that you want, accept, and can integrate negative feedback. It's even more important now while doing telehealth. And if clients can't give feedback, it's a clinical issue that needs to be addressed. Remember, you'll have a download of all these questions. So just let's just hang out here on the slides for a moment and we'll send out an email later with all the links and things. When you first came to therapy, do you remember what you were going through and what it felt like to call a therapist? Do you remember what in particular you were expecting when you found me and came into your first session? What do you recall feeling during and immediately after the first session? What has changed for you since being in therapy? What has it been like to come to therapy and be in this room together? What has been the most helpful part of therapy? What has been your least favorite part of therapy and why? Is there something you wish you could change about your therapy? Has there been a time when you've tried to tell me something and I've missed it or you didn't feel fully heard or supported? Is there something I can do better to help you? Looking forward, what would, we, what would need to change for you to know you were ready to graduate or you know, stop therapy for now? Now, because we're in the midst of a lot of change in our world, right? And there's a lot going on that impacts us at multiple levels. We also got some co-occurring drama happening here, right? We want to add a few discussion points for you. These are questions that we've added recently that um, they can benefit the therapeutic relationship and will also give you more insight into how to communicate to your ideal clients during this time and what they're facing in a way that meets them where they're at, right? What does a typical day look like for you right now? What are your biggest pandemic or community related concerns? What, where are you getting your news and information right now? What social media platforms are you using and how much time are you spending on them per day? Where are you, where are you getting your laughs from right now? What do you need more of in your life? And what are you most looking forward to once things are fully back to more normal or stable um, in our day to day? You write down these answers as part of their clinical notes and you develop a plan with the client using your best clinical judgment to help them reach their goals. The questions you're asking during this time will be rich with information. You can integrate into your interventions with your clients as well as information for your messaging moving forward. Have they been coming inconsistently? Do you get better outcomes working with clients weekly? Look at recommitting to weekly therapy, eight weeks, and track progress towards those goals over the eight weeks and see if things get unstuck. Is there an area they really want to address, but it keeps getting backburnered? Develop a plan to move out of the crisis mode or hold them accountable to not avoid the topic during sessions. Remember that you know how to do great therapy. Do they need more frequent therapy but can't afford it? Maybe it's time to refer them out to someone who works within their budget. Now's not the time to assume and slide your fee all over the place. 
Now's the time to step up and serve holding to the work you do best and referring out when clinically appropriate. Are they ready to terminate, but they're afraid to say goodbye? Do four weekly sessions focused on the fear of goodbye and leaving therapy and then terminate. Are you both stuck? Schedule clinical consultation and take this information in from this conversation so that you can work on a plan with some outside perspective. No matter the challenges we're facing in the world, we want to make sure our clients are progressing and getting what they need. It's okay if the focus of therapy is shifted right now, as long as it makes sense for both you and the client. Is one conversation really going to change your practice? Fill it up, generate more income, make you happier. Have you spending less time on the phone referring people out? Yes. This conversation is the step to a full practice and a happy life. And that's a strong statement. We both know it, but as a therapist who's taught at the master's level, provided supervision, clinical consultation, and work with thousands of therapists around the world and delved into the research, we both stand behind it. If you want to have a practice that's full, happy, and doing great work, then this is where you start every single time. This conversation is powerful for you, for your clients, and for your business. At its core, your business is about change and helping people. Kelsey, a child therapist who has a full group practice that specializes with anxious and angry kids had this to say about integrating outcomes work. I love outcomes and use feedback informed treatment. We integrate um, the work in every session and I'll have conversations with parents or clients at least once every two months, unless there are concerns about progress or making sure we're on the right track. It can be uncomfortable to use the session rating scale at first or to get negative feedback when you thought the session went well but that's why it's so important to incorporate it. You can catch things you didn't even know about, which decreases the dropout rate. We agonize for months <laughs> about what to teach in masterclass. What would be worth thousands of therapists taking time out of their busy schedules to attend and watch? We have over like almost 40,000 people on our email list. So what would be worth inviting them into their already full inboxes? And it came down to this. What do we see truly consistently changing the lives of the therapists we work with and helping them find success? What activity would we want to reward therapists for doing that would have the biggest impact on a profession as a whole? And what would be a win-win-win to give clients better experience, make therapists happier, and create more stable businesses? We believe in this profession. We know it changes lives, but we also know there's work we can do as a community to improve. This is so important. We're asking you to implement this after this call in your very next session. Don't wait. Don't wait until you can memorize the questions. Don't wait until next week when you can start fresh. Don't wait until you've agonized over the perfect way to ask the questions or bring up the conversation. Don't wait until you have your regular treatment plan review or until you've seen the clients for ages or they tell you they don't want to continue or they just ghost you, right? Unless there's a crisis that takes priority, right? Don't wait. With all the changes happening in the world, it's more important than ever to dig in to what is and isn't working and delve into these conversations with our clients. All right. Having this conversation is what will inform all the changes you're going to make on your website your directory listing, how you talk to people on the phone, what you say when you're at a networking meeting and how you handle working with your clients. Knowing your outcomes is how you stand out in your truth and your unique way of working with clients. And this is so much more helpful for your future clients. The simple conversation takes no additional time and it only benefits you and the client. The conversation is a powerful part of your treatment plan. And the biggest worry, what if I get negative feedback? I implemented an online version of Scott Miller's um, rating scale in my trauma practice. I struggled sometimes with remembering to do the paper and pen version and making time for it. So when they developed an online portal, I was excited to see if it would streamline the process. I had a client that I've been working deeply with for a long time, and they filled out the form at the close of the session. The online program would give a recommendation based on the client's score that day, the client put in like six and a half or seven out of 10, not great, but not terrible. And the result said something like, based on your scores, it looks like you're considering discontinuing therapy. This is a great thing to talk to your therapist about. The client was stunned and said, uh, actually I have a new, I have an appointment to try out a new therapist later this week. 
And I just didn't know how to bring it up to you. Now I was surprised that they had something scheduled, but not that surprised because I'd had these outcomes conversation with my clients frequently. I knew I was giving the treatment that was best for the client, but it was at odds with the client's goals. I'm very client centered, but you all know, sometimes things happen, what the client really wants and what's appropriate based on their trauma history or level of functioning. It may not quite align yet. I love working with the client's client, but I was so supportive of them exploring other options. They moved on to the other therapist and the therapeutic relationship closed with respect and joy. And because I had a great marketing and clinical confidence, it didn't scare me or rock me when the client left. Several years later, I received an email from the client who said they were so thankful for the work that we did, understood why I held the space the way I did, and that they got an excellent treatment and outcomes from the person they worked with. Even outcomes conversation that leads to transfers or terminations can be clinically powerful and appropriate. And most conversations actually lead to more engagement in therapy, more referrals to you, more consistent attendance, fewer early withdrawals and better outcomes. And all of that leads to a more stable business. I see some of you have questions as well. So you can post those in the Q&A. For example, if you don't have clients coming up, what can you do? We have some answers for that. But there is more to this that you need to know about having an ethical marketing plan that works for your practice. Who wants to learn how to take these outcome conversations and use them to bring the right clients to your website, your directory listing, or wherever you are visible, compel them to call you and have them ready to schedule with you. Look at all those yeses. It's beautiful. I love this. In tomorrow's training, we're going to cover how to take the outcomes conversation results and put them into a step-by-step formula for creating a compelling message that attracts more of the ideal clients you can do great work with. Gone are the days of, I empathize. (laughs) We're going to get really (laughs) nitty gritty tomorrow and specific. We really want to encourage you to come to that training live if you can at all, because we know you're more likely to do the thing if you listen live. We want to bring you together with this amazing community, which means a lot more fun. It's more fun seeing this chat pop off and, and connecting. And we know you want to take action now, not later, because people need you. And we will bribe you with a $50 Amazon gift card. <laughs> In fact, we have one of those to give away right now for someone who's here live and who did their pre-work. If you missed the pre-work, no worries. You can go back and check it out. Um, let's see. Miranda, do you have the name or Eden? I don't have the name as of yet. Maybe Eden will message it over. Yes. for those of you who did your pre-work and posted your why over in the free happy practice community you're entered into a bonus drawing for a 50 dollars amazon gift card we'll be doing these live on every one of the trainings so be sure to take five minutes and post your homework um and even just posted the name (laughs) okay perfect (laughs) laura corey um, you are the winner of today's $50 Amazon gift card. Very exciting. Um, it's okay. We'll, we have, it was in the original email, but we'll be having more every single day. So just have some fun with it. It'll be fine. And don't forget that we'll be giving away a thousand dollars cash to one like lucky live attendee this Friday. Did you guys know about the thousand dollars? So be sure to attend live to learn and have a chance to win. We're excited to do something fun for you all. And you know, who doesn't want to have like a little bit of cash, wherever you want as a, um, as a gift card. And then we'll also be doing a giveaway for one entry to the business school bootcamp for therapists that teaches you step-by-step how to grow, launch, or revamp your profitable, happy streamlined group or solo practice that changes clients' lives. Um, and leaves time for a life that you love who wants to win an entry to boot camp <laughs> myra says keep your 1k and give me boot camp <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it i like it um but right now we want to know a little bit about you what does it mean to have a clear understanding of what you do well and a marketing plan that attracts the right clients for your skills what does it mean for your business And for you as a clinician and human being, tell us in the comments, we'll be posting that script for you to implement today in the classroom. 
Um, we'll get you all the links um, in your email and know that you can invite your friends to become a part of this. This is definitely more fun with friends, <laughs> which is really great. We'll have the links in there in the community. Okay. So we talked about the many reasons why outcomes are the cornerstone to creating an amazing business and marketing plan. You know that tracking outcomes and integrating the feedback into your work improves your outcomes with clients. And you understand that knowing how you work and what you get um, and how you, what gets you great outcomes is the first step in creating a marketing message and plan that allows you to attract retrain, and get great outcomes with the ideal clients and employees for you and your practice. You learned a simple conversation you can have with your very next client on how to use that conversation to immediately engage your clients. And your next step is to go into the free online community to download the script use it in your next session. And if you don't have a session between now and tomorrow, go through the exercise as a thought journal based on what past clients have told you. Then again, you can come back for that tomorrow. So we have some time to answer questions, which we love. We have a good extended time. We're gonna answer questions in here until 10 o'clock. And then we're gonna actually take it since we have a nice group we're going to take it over into a Zoom room where we can all like chat on camera and we can answer some questions as well. Um, we really want to support you through this process. I saw some questions in the chat. One of them um, was related to, which we talked about, if you don't have clients currently, this can be going through that, that as a thought and journaling exercise. You could also do this even with a friend who you have, who's reached out to you for to like solve a problem or to help with something. So it's not quite the same as therapy, but they're probably going to give you some wording um, and some feedback that you wouldn't necessarily um, come up with on your own as well. Okay, so let's go through some of the Q&A here. Um, how can I set up a referral system and create a marketing plan for adventure therapy services, knowing that because of time and expenses, I have to charge more for venture-based therapy than most traditional talk therapists charge in my community? I think, again, this, is, this connects to what we're talking about in terms of outcomes. One of the reasons we get stuck here is that we're not really talking about what differentiates us. Um, and it's not a, uh, it's not about comparison and then it's not about putting down others to lift ourselves up. It's simply standing in our truth and claiming what is unique about the way we work. And when we are able to do that, then that influences the marketing message. And then that also influences where you put that message, which we'll get to in day three, based on the type of work you do right? So who would be great for adventure therapy is going to be different than someone who wants traditional talk therapy. And that's going to influence how you talk about what you do, the transformation that adventure therapy provides. And then you're going to be putting it in front of the people who would really benefit from that and would love that kind of work. But first, you have to understand how adventure therapy differentiates, how you stand out even amongst adventure ther other therapists, we have a lot of people in boot camp that do like nature therapy. We have a few adventure therapy people, and they all are unique in the way they approach it, how they work, the kinds of people they work with, the transformation. I think the other thing to remember is that you, none of you, are competing based on price. Okay, you are not competing based on price. If you looked at that, there are people that are on Fiverr who are doing counseling sessions, whatever they want to say that that means for $5. So we don't want you to worry about the fact whether your price that works for your business and your lifestyle is more or less than someone else. We want you just to focus on your lane and look at what it takes for you to have a profitable business. And we breathe and we create a marketing plan to reach the people that are like, yes, I, this absolutely makes sense for me. Just like there are people that will plan a trip to Disney World and they will spend an incredible amount of income on that. They will save up for that. They will invest in that experience because it feels important for them and their family. And it's something that brings them joy. Your adventure experience could be like that as well. 
regardless of what somebody, whether somebody has a, a lot of extra capital or money or whether they don't. How in the world do I manage all of the awesome things that could be helpful and balance that with building, not worrying about the money piece? Oh, I think this is so, so important. I think this is where getting real clarity and building a business plan makes a lot of sense. So this is, this is something that happens all the time with our boot campers. It's okay. I need to get clear about my clinical outcomes. This is really, really important. But part of what happens when we start to get clarity is we start to learn things like, oh, why is it my people at the beginning of the week get better outcomes than the people later in the week when I'm feeling? And that just happens to also coincide with me feeling exhausted um, and feeling kind of like overwhelmed and burnout. What does this look like that I don't get, I don't actually have time to do clinical supervision on these particular issues and these themes. I don't feel like I have time to read that book or go to that training that I think would really benefit this stuck place that I'm seeing as a theme across my clients. So when we start to get clarity about what we're needing clinically, then it allows us to translate that into a business plan. In bootcamp, we have people go through a process through basically like a piece of software where we ask them a bunch of questions. And then the piece of software tells them, and this is how much you need to charge. And it takes away some of the, the mental stuff of the money of saying like, oh, I, it's a, I'm, I'm focused too much on the money. And it's just looking at like, what do I need to be able to be a good human, to be happy and, and fulfilled so that I can really show up full, fully from the first client to the last. And then we translate that into the resource, which is time and money, right? And then once we know that, and we just know it in our bones, then we don't have to worry about the money part as much as just holding to the boundaries. This is what it takes to have a good outcome for me. They clarified too, like having ADHD, for example. So oh, on, on yeah. day three, we have homework that's going to help you figure out the organization. In bootcamp, we create like a roadmap. Like you can't like have a marketing plan if you don't have a vision. You can't have... Uh, a financial plan if you don't know what services you want to offer. Like there is a logical order in which to go. There are some things you end up doing simultaneously, but we do believe in, in a path. And uh, on day three of the masterclass, we will have you kind of see your path and then you can identify which areas to focus on. But this is foundational to all of it is um, knowing the outcomes piece. What tools, um, what are tools to use to get the feedback and record the data? Well, for this process, what we are encouraging is what you do in therapy, which is have the conversation and document what was said. Sometimes taking notes in session is very helpful with quotes so that you can really resonate with their language and not get stuck in, in our psychobabble world where it's like, oh, I'm. I know how to empathize and, you know, let's move into um, deeper languaging, which we will talk about tomorrow. Now there are the SRS, there's the ORS, there's other tools that you can use. Those have some online portals where you can record things, you can record things in your EHR. But for this part, we want this to be accessible to all people, right? This is an accessibility issue for, for us. We want anyone to be able to implement this at no cost with what they're already doing. But if you want to get fancier, there are other tools out there that we don't teach. Um, but yeah. And I think those tools, while they are great, they will not necessarily give you the data that you need to, to wrap it back into your marketing. So we have this set up in this very simplistic way for a very specific reason as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one more. Um, I know, so a, a lot of you are asking about the marketing piece. So tomorrow we're going to go over how to take this information and turn it into a message. And then the next day we're going to go into strategies. So we will get there. But before you get there, you cannot get there without having these conversations and understanding what sets you apart. So that's just kind of a global kind of answer to a lot of these questions about how do I get website traffic? Well, first you need a clear message. 
which how do you get a clear message? You got to know your outcomes or how do I, how do I do this on a tight budget? We're going to cover all that on day three and some in day four too. We'll be talking about those things. So it's 10 o'clock. I know we kind of, we didn't get to all your questions, but we have scheduled an extra 30 minutes to go hang out in the lounge, see your beautiful faces. Eden is posting the lounge link there where you can join us. If you get lost, uh, <laughs> you can just go back to your email where it has a link to the lounge. We'll be answering questions in the lounge, saying hello, and we'll have some phone over there. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to change the world with these conversations, people. And we're so glad that you're here committed to doing that for yourself, for your clients and your community.